You are listening to the Corona Diaries, brought to you by Allegra. For more information, please visit allegralaboratory.net. Hello, or good evening from Helsinki. This is Susan Ordo reporting for the Corona Diaries of the Allegra Lab. I'm a medical anthropologist with an interest in applied anthropology and business anthropology, but I've also dabbled in service design as it is necessary to have diverse skills in this age of the academic precariat. I work as a university teacher at the University of Tampere, teaching medical anthropology and also as a service design facilitator. And of course, this critical time that we're living in right now is very interesting to my students. And it's also something that I so much wish that we could have discussed face to face. But all my teaching has been moved to the internet. And I must say it is a bit strange teaching um, through a computer instead of having the physical contact, the immediacy that you get from normal te- nor- normal teaching, so to say. Um, this is the second time I'm doing this recording tonight because right when I was at the end of my recording session, uh, my son, 12 years old, burst into the room together with our dog because they had been um, going for a walk. Um, and also my husband was with them. So we live in the suburb of Helsinki. Um, We also have two cats, live in a single-family house in an area that is very um, densely built, so we can easily see our neighbours. And we do actually see people moving around outside, Um, so we don't live in total isolation in that sense. Something goes on outside our windows. Um... My husband, he works for a peace organization, and he's also the executive director of an independent press monthly magazine. So he had the unpleasant um, task of firing people, firing the employees when the isolation and lockdown um, started. Uh, For him, working from home has been quite a change, quite a big change. Being a workaholic that used to um, come home fairly late, in the evening, at least some days, um, switching to working from our house and at the same time being a teacher to our son has been a big change for him and of course also for me but maybe not to such a large extent because as a freelancer I've worked from home for several years. We are privileged, of course, because we live in a single-family house. We have a garden. Um, We each have a room or a known space that we can go into if we want some privacy. Um, But, of course, it at times feels a bit small, especially when we are in charge of the homeschooling of our reluctant and somewhat anarchistic 12-year-old son. So I realized yesterday that a pair of sound-blocking headphones would be a very worthwhile investment to make. So what is the present situation in in Finland in terms of the coronavirus, COVID-19? Well, at present, we have 1,384 people infected, 
49 people in intensive care and 13 that have died from the virus. Um, until just a little while ago, we actually had one region of Finland that had no inf no cases of infections. But as of today, um, the news reports told us that now every region of Finland has infected individuals. But what we can say is that the situation started for real, so to say, here in Finland a little over two weeks ago. So they say that March the 12th was kind of a watershed moment when our government started putting restrictive policies in place or communicated these recommendations to the citizens. We were told to cancel everything, everything that meant bringing people together in one place. And first we had the so-called 500 rule, so meaning big events would need to be cancelled. Um, but soon all events were required to be cancelled. And right at this time, my son and husband, uh, they were visiting relatives in the north of Finland. So we stayed in touch, comparing notes. And I was, of course, a little bit worried about the trip back south, about them sitting in a train. But the train wasn't very full of people because by then we had been hearing so much about corona that uh, people were traveling much less already by that time. And we had, of course, been reading and uh, seeing a lot of news about how the crisis was unfolding in other countries and, of course, in the other locations where it was much worse, like uh, Spain and, and Italy. Um... But we were, at that time, of course, waiting for further restrictions from our government. And by the 17th of March, the schools were closed and children were encouraged to come and pick up a laptop in case they didn't have one in their home and to pick up their school books. Um, but also now, I mean, the recent, the big recent changes are that as of Saturday of this week, the Usimar region was closed off from the rest of the country, and Usimar is the region where the capital city is, and it's the most densely populated part of the country, and of course where the infection density is also the highest. But then another theme that in an interesting way connects to corona and and um to the coronavirus and also um connects to how we should behave or, or what things are important in terms of our behavior is the World Happiness Report um, that was published on Friday the 20th of March and where Finland for the third year in a row was ranked as the happiest country in the world. Well, all the previous years when this happened, um, uh, it was a difficult thing to many Finns um, to accept this ranking. And there was just a lot of wonderment regarding how this is possible. How can we be ranked as the happiest country in the world? But uh, why mention this now? Well, because the report throws up crucial clues to well-being that will help Finns and 
all citizens struggling through this crisis to cope. And the report uses six variables to measure happiness. Um, GDP per capita, social support, healthy life expectancy, freedom, generosity, and absence of corruption. So in other words, levels of trust. And cooperation and social support are, of course, fundamental to happiness, but also to how well we manage in the present, present crisis. We need much higher levels of social responsibility if we are to manage. The ones less at risk need to help those belonging to high-risk groups, like elderly people. And we're already seeing this happen happening in Finland. Um, in a lot of apartment block buildings, there have been notes put up by younger people offering to go shopping for elderly people so that they don't have to go to the shops themselves and put themselves at risk. And there's also been mobile apps developed um, to extend neighborly support to those in need of help. And then there's companies that provide food bags to families in the lower income brackets. Uh, and there have been initiatives to support small entrepreneurs that are the hardest hit um, by the situation. So efforts to keep them in business and um, to put their business onto the internet. So Finnish innovators have put their smart heads together to come up with solutions. So what we can say is that we definitely see new forms of solidarity emerge. And in my previous research work, this whole concept of solidarity has been of great interest to me. Um, I did research on organ transplantations and the gifting of organs and the solidarity that supports these kind of actions. So now I'm highly interested in how the issue of solidarity plays out in the present situation. But social factors, in other words, cooperation and social support, and trust are important in buffering to the psychological welfare of those who are hardest hit. And also just doing something is extremely important for our resilience as human beings. But right now, we also seem to have a socially-minded government consisting of five female, mainly young, four of them are under the age of 40, ministers that are guiding us through these trying times. And our prime minister, Sanna Marin, has had to take some very difficult decisions on a tight schedule. But she has still had to keep in mind constitutional rights and making sure everything passes through Parliament and gets approval from there before being communicated to the people. And I think she's done a great job of doing this. It's been extremely interesting watching these TV deba debates and TV interviews um, with a total lack of political squabbling. Everyone has been on the same page. And they have been calm, clear, and to the point in their reporting. Um, and so they have given us a lot of reason to uphold our trust in them as authorities. Um, and this is, as I said, this is where trust comes in, that we in Finland 
overall have a high degree of trust in authorities and politicians, the police and medical experts. We trust these experts and we trust that they know what they are doing. So there's been very little questioning of the decisions that the politicians have taken and a lot of political understandings, understanding from all parties, also those in opposition, that the government is doing the right thing, that which is best for the people and for the country. Of course, a blow to the economy will be hard and we're already seeing the effects of this. We have put in place special economic support that is going to be given to companies, particularly small entrepreneurs and all the people that are getting that get laid off that will become unemployed so that they can get unemployment benefit. Also, entrepreneurs that wouldn't normally be in that position. So um, these are the issues that have been of interest to me this week, and I believe my time has now run out. Um, and the next time that we hear each other, I thought I would talk to you about a project that I've initiated, and it's an, a project that is very intimately tied to what I'm doing right now, um, the collection of Corona Diaries from Finnish citizens. So until next time, take care of yourselves and have a nice week to come, if that is possible. Bye-bye.